0: Hi, I'm Anna.
1: And I'm Alicia. And this This
0: is is Popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism. Welcome back to Popping Perfectionism with Anna
1: and Alicia.
0: Thanks for being here today. We're going to talk about a form of perfectionism that we're both really amped about talking about.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's something I think we've both struggled with a lot. And so we're really excited to articulate it for other people and kind of illustrate it for other people. And before I say what this type is, we're first going to go through the symptoms of this type and just listen along and see if you relate to any of them.
1: Yes. So here we go. One, cutting off relationships prematurely. Yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, sorry. Was that Mm me snapping? Because I do that all the time. Yes. Two, expecting perfection out of others despite the circumstance. Three, not giving others a break or even trying to understand the circumstance they're in. Mm -hmm. Four, not or Whoa. (laughs) Okay. Four, not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Five, assuming other people are not struggling. Mm -hmm. And I know those are all pretty similar, but they're different in like little tiny ways. And a lot of it has to do with mindset so this is called drum roll bum, bum, bum. i can't I tell if, How can, we, can can you i tap, tap on the, the mic? mic okay we're trying should we say it together <gasps> one two three other, other oriented, oriented perfectionism <laughs> that was so loud okay i like that we just
0: announced something in such a happy tone that has ruined so many relationships i know right
1: it really no. has totally no but it's cool that with perfectionism Something that I think a lot of people don't understand is that there's so many layers to it. Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of given, like, the self-oriented, the dimensions of perfectionism that I think most people understand. But other-oriented perfectionism stems from all of those things, but it manifests manifests itself in a really different way. So I think it's an important one to talk about. Oh, totally. And one situation where it really manifests itself
0: that illustrates it really well is everyone's favorite topic dating, dating. oh my <laughs> gosh does it manifest itself in dating um, especially if you're in a really saturated culture mm-hmm. that might be saturated by a religion <clears throat> uh, for I know a lot of our listeners are from Utah probably Provo Orem area mm-hmm. and I know if you live there and you're not married you've experienced this <laughs> I'm calling it right now So how this manifests itself in dating specifically. I mean, first of all, like the mutual app, right? What what do you do when you look at someone's bio on a mutual app, right? You're looking to see, first of all, you're seeing if they're cute enough. If they're cute enough, then you go to the bio, right? And if they're tall enough. And if they're tall enough, Mm -hmm. if they're
1: tan enough,
0: Mm if they're blonde enough. Provo bros, I'm looking at you.
1: (laughs) One of my coworkers was just swiping through mutual when we were at work. And she came across one of my friends that I knew like really well and I didn't say anything. But she, like, instantly swiped. Which way do you swipe when you don't want mutual's to match with down, them? down. Yeah, oh, okay. Actually, yeah, okay, so down. she instantly swiped down. That's when you don't like them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See, I, I'm not in this, like, dating she's one of the lucky <laughs> ones who's married. I am very lucky. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, in my head I was like, why, why did she do that? Like, what made her decide in a split second that she wasn't interested in him? And, like, I know him well. Great, great guy. Should I say it? Just kidding. No, I won't. Who um, is it? (laughs) But, like, it's, it's just fascinating that in one second you decide, like, someone's not good enough.
0: And I think there's space to be held for, like, wanting, like, certain things. Like, having expectations for someone that are, like, good right yeah like because then then we'd all be dating everyone and we'd all be in miserable relationships you know but it but there are certain little tiny things that should not be deal breakers that are
1: and i'm telling you from someone who's married like the things you decide when you look at one picture are the things that won't make or break your marriage just telling you like i married my husband obviously so attracted to him but like when i first started dating him i'm like oh yeah like he's really cute like we should date and then the more I got to know him, that's when I was like, wow, like I really, really like this guy. Mm-hmm. And then he like became more attractive to me and it was just like grew from there. So you, so it's just kind of, I don't know, it's interesting. That's other oriented perfectionism because mm-hmm. that kind of perfectionism
0: doesn't allow you to have relationships or dynamics or consistent interactions with someone who doesn't meet your definition of perfection. Right. Which usually is, uh, What? unrealistic
1: yeah right super super unachievable and going to some of the 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 symptoms like you cutting off a relationship prematurely too this kind of goes into that because you didn't even let a relationship begin Mm -hmm. and also you aren't trying to like understand this other person as an actual human like Mm -hmm. they're just a photo for you
0: Yeah, or even if the photos are cute enough for you, if their bio Mm -hmm. isn't funny enough or clever enough, or if it has a typo, listen, I've done that. A guy's (laughs) bio had a typo, and I was like, he doesn't know how to spell things down. (laughs) Shoot. Yeah, like, I've been there. I get it. Um, But, yeah, it's just these little things. Like, how – like, have you ever gone out with someone, and because they did one thing wrong, you didn't go out with them again? Probably. I think we've all done that, Mm -hmm. right? Hopefully it's not just me.
1: Well, and going back to, like, the mall situation, like – when I walked out of the dressing room with my shirt like all the way up to my neck, this you know, is in
0: a previous episode, yeah, for a previous those who don't episode.
1: Know. So go yes. cool. listen to it. But like, my husband could have been like, okay, she's <laughs> psycho, like, or something like that. Not even that, but just like, wow, how embarrassing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying most people would do that, I'm just using that as an example, yeah. But not giving people that break and knowing pe- that people are just human when they show one flaw, it's like a oh, game over. You know? Yeah,
0: and seeing moments of vulnerability as an opportunity to connect rather than mm-hmm. condemn. Yeah, right. Totally. What your husband did because he could have said that. He could have been like, <laughs> "This freako with the half shirt, we're not doing this again." <laughs> uh, but he didn't. Reliving and the moment. This, yeah, this um, other-oriented perfectionism has a really toxic symptom. That again, this is a term that I have quote unquote, come up with, but I'm sure it exists and someone else came up with it first, Mm -hmm. but I call it pedestal mindset. And so it's basically this belief that you're kind of up on this pedestal and everyone else around you isn't. Right. And that manifests itself in dating all the time because you're thinking like, oh, no one's reaching my expectations. No one's reaching my standards. And again, please have expectations and standards for the people you date. Just don't make them unrealistic ones. Yeah. And don't put yourself on a pedestal in front of other people because none of us are on a pedestal. Mm -mm. All of us are honestly at the end of the day, all of us are doing our best. Yeah. And just because our best doesn't look like someone else's best doesn't mean it's not our best. Right. Right. Um, So I have had very personal experiences with Pedestal Mindset. (laughs) I grew up in a very small, very religious town. And a lot of the people in this town were all members of the same church, the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And my dad taught at the high school, and then he also held a lot of really well-known positions in the church. And so by default, basically everyone knew my family. And there was a lot of pressure that came with that. I kind of felt like we grew up under a microscope. Like everyone was always like watching us and like making sure that we were do, doing everything right. And so with that came a ton of pressure and a ton of expectations. And um, for instance, a lot of people in our church don't think that it's okay to watch R-rated movies. And so then my family and I decided we weren't going to watch PG-13 movies. Um, a lot of people in the church have opinions on whether or not girls should wear two-piece swimsuits and i wouldn't only just wear i wouldn't just wear a one piece swimsuit i would wear a rash guard t-shirt and swim trunks when i went swimming and you would never hear any of us swear ever and if if someone else even said the word like shiz shiz which is now literally one of my favorite words if i heard anyone even say that i would immediately begin to question their like spirituality and their their commitment to the church and ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. But because everyone else, or at least it felt like everyone else had these super high expectations for me and for my family, even though they were unrealistic, unproductive, unnecessary, I then felt like I could turn around and impose those on other people, which is totally false, but that's just how I grew up and that's just how I did it and and so there was that dynamic where i seriously every time i saw someone else do something that didn't meet my standard of goodness or righteousness or perfection Mm -hmm. that bumped me up on my pedestal that much more again and again and again and then on top of this i have an older brother who's literally the perfect
1: specimen probably
0: (laughs) he i cannot describe to you the depths of perfection my older brother is (laughs) like unmatched like just to give you quick, a quick, what do they call it? Quick and dirty? Um, A quick and dirty ooh. bullet point list of what, my I brother. I've heard that before, oh, but really? I like it. <laughs> well, we're doing it. Um, He was homecoming king. He was prom king. He was student body president. He was the president of our religious council at school called seminary. He was the president of seminary council. He was the quarterback. He was friends with all of the cool kids. He was dating the hottest girl in our school. And then he also was just like a phenomenal human mm-hmm. like and my he's really family, smart yeah super smart mm-hmm. he went to michigan state he got a 4.0 in economics um when when my family would go out of town and he would stay like while he was in high school and he would stay in town he would go have waffle brunches with our elderly neighbors okay like okay I, unreal this kid <laughs> of course comes back um to go to college and meets a girl who is in the navy just got her doctorate So she's now a a doctor in the Navy. They live in Virginia in the most perfect house. They have they had the first baby of the family and they have a dog and they live on the beach and they're loaded and and happy and perfect. Mm. Obviously, they have struggles. Not saying that. But I mean, let's flash back to high school Anna who had a bowl cut. And braces. Oh, wait, what? Not really, but kind of. Okay, wait, I I have Kate, to see Okay, listen, this. check out the website and I'll post it. Okay, okay. I'll, Ooh, I'll I post love my this. picture on the website. It wasn't a bowl cut, but it was like if a bob in a bowl cut had a kid. Oh, goodness. That's what my haircut was. That's okay. And I had braces. If we've been there. We've been there. I hadn't grown into my face yet. <laughs> like, I didn't know what clothes were. That makes what? me sound like a nudist. I knew what clu- clothes were. Fashion. But I didn't know what fashion okay. was. Like, just... Oh, my gosh. And then every time my brother and I were in the same situation together, Mm -hmm. I would be like, okay, this is my moment where I'm going to be funny. And I would, like, overcompensate so badly and say something so embarrassing. And then Kaylin would, like, sorry, that's my brother's name, by the way. Kaylin, should I say that publicly? Yeah. The damage has been done. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I'd be like, and then Kaylin would have to, like, come rescue me from my social humiliation and, like, say some smooth, funny thing Mm -hmm. to, like, bring me from the depths of my awkwardness and (sighs) anyway so because of my dad's (laughs) scrupulosity and my brother and just because of who I am as a person I didn't realize that I struggled so much with other oriented perfectionism until a couple of years ago and again I'm 24 Mm -hmm. like until I was like 21 22 I realized hey maybe I'm a little bit hard on other people um and this there's evidence of this in in my dating life because I've only been in one relationship like, like exclusive. Mm. I've dated dudes, but I've only been in one exclusive boyfriend girlfriend relationship. It lasted five days, and oh. then I broke up with him. <laughs> when was this? When I was twenty two. Yeah, when I was twenty two. Um, and so there's just little evidences of this in my life where, like, me. May- I mean, I'm glad I didn't like that. That dude is married and happy, and I'm glad I didn't like actually date him. Yeah. But there's so many great guys that I could have dated, but I chose not to because of one little thing. There are so many friendships that I chose not to pursue because the friends said words like shiz or because I found out they didn't go to church one Sunday or you know just these dumb little outward like I don't know what word to use these these outward external on paper characteristics that had nothing really to do with their characters or their influence on me but I would see one of those and think yikes you know I'm too good for them I can't you know, very much a holier than thou perspective, and that's so much of what other oriented perfectionism says and does is, and it's crazy because it couples yeah. with with self oriented. So at the same time that you're tearing yourself to pieces, your brain's also telling you, even though you're trash, everyone else around you is is trash, and you you deserve better than that. You're still trash, but like you should you should seek out better friends or better relationships, yeah. etc
1: no totally and this is just something that popped to my mind while you were talking like pride is a is a problem that I yeah. think a lot of people everyone struggles with everyone struggles with pride and like just having this ego and pedestal mindset can like really feed into that and I know I struggle with that too sometimes especially when it comes to like I don't know like school or something like if I'm in a class and I'm I don't uh, I wouldn't really say like teacher's pet but kind of like do you watch, yeah. you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. Okay, so I'm kind of like an Amy Santiago, we love Amy honestly. Santiago. Like, my planner, my pens, like, I just am you are. a nerd. Yeah, in I a, know. In a
0: great way, you in are. A, in a great yeah. way.
1: But also, like, in that light, if I'm in a classroom, all my classmates are going to, like, be dying at this. But I participate a lot. And if other people, like, don't participate, then I'm like, oh, like, I'm so much better than them. Like, I have mm-hmm. to carry this class. Which is not, like, that's so <laughs> ridiculous because what if people are just nervous about commenting? Or what if they don't have anything to say and that's okay? But mm-hmm. I don't even assume those things. I'm just like, ugh, I'm so exhausted because I'm such a good student and I have to carry this class, you know?
0: Yeah, and that's exactly, that goes right back to one of our symptoms of self-oriented. Where you're not giving others a break or you're expecting perfection out of them despite the circumstance. Yeah. It doesn't, you don't care that they're nervous. Your mm-hmm. brain's like, they should have spoken up anyway and helped me out with the conversation.
1: Totally. Totally. And an extreme way to like fight pedestal mindset would to be like, Oh well like I'm just take it to the extreme and it's like uh, self detriment. You know, what am I trying to say? Like like like
0: you're you're taking it to the other side of the pendulum swing, where instead of like I'm better than everyone, you're thinking, Oh, I'm I'm worse." worse than everyone. Right,
1: right. And so a good way to combat this is just with like some humility, honestly, and like a little dash of humility yeah and just realizing like when I do like practices of humility one thing I do is like think of all the things I'm grateful for and mm. I just list like three or five or whatever things that I'm grateful for and and things that like I have no control really over too what I've just like been given yeah that you
0: haven't like worked for or like a or person like, like smiled
1: at me in the hall today mm. like that was mm. really nice or just like things like that to kind of put kind of put you back in place you know like we all need to control like our pride and I think one way to do that is through humility and gratitude and then combating the symptoms we just said which is like if you assume the worst about people try and give them a generous assumption like assume that they're going through a lot because they probably are
0: yeah and this the the scary dangerous thing about pedestal mindset is what happens to you Mm-hmm. When that really, f- honestly, flimsy pedestal breaks down. Yeah. Like, the day where you realize, like, oh, I'm not better than everyone else. And, like, these people acted in this way because they were filling XYZ needs, mm-hmm. right? Not that they were outwardly just trying to be awful or, or not doing their best. And then realizing, because cause usually the situation that will knock you off that pedestal is one where you tried to do your best and you fell short.
1: Yeah, And totally. then you realize
0: shoot, I came after all of these other people for doing that, and now I'm right in that same rut with them. And, like, Mm -hmm. how dare I to, like, scorn them from above? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And pedestal mindset and other handed perfectionism is something that really, like, blocks you from connectionism. And it blocks you from creating connection with other people. So the Arbinger Institute um, is an organization that teaches you how to have an outward mindset what is that how does it translate into leadership Mm -hmm. into the home into like friendships and things like that having an outward mindset is basically understanding that all people are people Mm -hmm. like real people with dreams with fears with struggles and not treating them as just an object that's like in your way or someone to be used to get something Mm -hmm. you know and I and I know this like sounds extreme, like, oh of course I don't do that. Like I always have an outward mindset, but trust me, you don't because <laughs> <laughs> it's a struggle. So look up the to too. But anyway, um that's something that can combat this in a major way. Like if I am like, oh, why like I try so hard at everything in my life, I'm always like going what do they call it? Something about the mile, like going the extra mile yeah but there's something like a number going above and beyond no yeah like it's all those things but it's like the saying I can't remember anyway going the extra mile above and beyond the mile (laughs) forever and running yeah (laughs) that so if I assume that I'm always giving like 100 percent then like I I can assume that other people aren't and then I'm like oh I'm so exhausted from doing this like why isn't everyone else trying their best or trying Mm -hmm. their hardest but Assume that they are, you yeah. know? Yeah, what's the harm in assuming people are doing their best? Mm-hmm. There's not one. Yeah, there's not one. And I, like, I was talking to one of my friends from school, and she was telling me about, um, like, her best friends from high school and how they've ca- all kind of moved on. And she's like, I'm trying to find a friend like that, like, like my best friend, but no one measures up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, holding the same benchmark for, like, every single person – is a perfect scenario for other-oriented perfectionism and how that could manifest itself and the thing uh, alicia just
0: touched on this a little bit is connectionism and other-oriented perfectionism can't exist because you can't connect with someone yeah if one you're on a pedestal a quote-unquote pedestal Mm -hmm. above everyone else or two if you're reducing everyone down to a list of rights and wrongs successes and failures flaws and virtues that's not an outward mindset. No. Yeah. Right? That's just taking what people look like on paper and judging them based off of that. And you can't connect with someone who's being written out as they are on paper. So totally. You yeah. Know? Like, you just can't. And so if you want to practice connectionism and, and everything that goes along with that empathy, right, mm-hmm. and all those things that can heal these relationships, that can heal our mental health and our mindsets, you got to kick the pedestal mindset. You got to get it out of there.
1: Totally. And so, building onto that connectionism, think of someone that maybe you're struggling with right now. Like, maybe you're upset with them. That could be a spouse, a friend, a roommate. Try and put the outward mindset into practice. Break down why are you upset with them? Like, what what is it? Did they fail to meet an expectation? Did they, like, say something that upset you? What What is that core problem? And... Have you made that mistake before? Think mm-hmm. think about that and think about how how would you want to be treated if you made that mistake? Because, I mean,
0: a really simple example of this that I think of is when I get cut off when I'm driving. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah. My immediate in- instinct <sighs> think- is to be like, oh, how dare you, you jerk, like blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I've cut people off in driving before. And I've never once been like, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to cut this person (laughs) off. And like it. (laughs) And like it. It's usually like, oh, I didn't see them. Or I'm in a rush. And sorry, dude, this is going to make you mad. But I got to get in this line. Or I got to get in this turning lane, You know? And so it's just things like that where we get so mad at people for doing things. Where, one, we've either done them. Or if we were in their situation, we would probably do
1: something similar. And it's really unfair for us to come at them for that totally and another example like um max my husband he's an angel and i like get home from work and something we struggle with is keeping our kitchen clean like all the time Hmm. you know Mm -hmm. because dishes right they just they suck and so maybe like i get home from a long day and i see that the kitchen is like really messy and there's stuff everywhere And then in my head, I could be like, oh, like, why didn't he clean it up? Why didn't he do this? Like, he's been home longer than me. But then I need to stop myself and think, like, maybe he's tired, too. Like, maybe he had a really long day. And maybe the mess that's been made was him making dinner for us. Oof. You know? Yeah. Because, honestly, I'm, like, acting like that's a hypothetical situation like this is real like, he, like it happened today <laughs> like he's so sweet and like makes us food all the time when I get home like later you know mm-hmm. and so it's like assuming the best and trying to put yourself like in their position just practicing empathy yeah and the other thing to ask yourself is like where is this anger and frustration coming from is it because you're on the pedestal and it's like an I deserve mindset mm-hmm. like I deserve this mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah like what where is it stemming from i actually just barely saw a very cool quote by mark twain that says anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured oh first of all rhymes mark twain get it mark twain but then also the message mark twain yeah that's good that's right because when someone cuts you off no amount of anger that you express or don't express is gonna change what happened
1: yeah you know totally i really like that yeah isn't it good good find Yeah, love it. So evaluate your relationships, you know. Are you in an other-oriented mindset, Mm -hmm. other-oriented perfectionism mindset? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that all bad situations are, like, your fault. Yeah. But at least, like, give it a shot. Try changing your mindset and see how that changes the situation and evaluate where you're coming from.
0: And even if the bad situation isn't your fault, every relationship and dynamic is a dance. Mm-hmm. We, our favorite professor at UVU, Professor Paul Parkin, he taught us a term called nexting. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like no matter what has happened previously in the relationship, no matter what's happening right now, you always have an opportunity to change it by what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever next move you make is going to accelerate things, deaccelerate or er, Accelerate. escalate 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 neutralize or accelerate We could <laughs> things up yeah or neutralize things and so remembering that that like you have an opportunity to next quote unquote in this situation and yeah. how are you going to do that so other oriented perfectionism exists because we project our own perfectionism onto other people and so we we said before that this stems from self-oriented perfectionism so the more that we give ourselves a break the more likely we are to give others a break. And the more that we give ourselves a break, the more room we allow other people to give themselves a break as well.
1: Mm -hmm. And this comes from a place of understanding that you're human. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm human. I make mistakes. It's part of human life. And when that settles in your mind, you'll understand that you're surrounded by humans who are trying to go through the same thing you are. Yeah, totally. One way that I've struggled with other-oriented perfectionism is when I was a lead mentor. I loved at UVU, it's a a mentor program. I loved being in the mentor program so much and I was surrounded by amazing students and people. Like it was so, 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 so fun. So as a lead mentor, there's four of us over, you know, 40 mentors together and I noticed other-oriented perfectionism manifesting itself. I noticed that my patience would get short when, people like didn't read announcements and then they would ask a question that i had answered in an announcement Mm -hmm. that they were supposed to read and Mm -hmm. i'm like literally read the freaking (laughs) um but then i had to realize like okay maybe they had a busy day maybe they like didn't have notifications on they didn't see like Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to to practice this so hard yeah but i would notice it in in little um things like that but when you're a leader you're in such a influential position, um, and so as a leader, it's dangerous to to have this mindset because you expect perfection from those who who are f- are following you in a way and who look up to you, mm-hmm. and you can't create a culture of creativity, of connectionism, mm-hmm. and of belonging if you expect everyone else to be perfect. Totally. It's like literally not possible.
0: Totally. I um, took a job with someone before who was very much an other oriented perfectionist, just expected. And this person honestly kind of had a right to be, they had done a lot with their life. <laughs> um, they were a very hardworking, gritty person who, who kind of climbed the ranks of life from the bottom, you know, but they expected perfection from everyone at all times. And I took this job for a little, a little over a year, and by the end of that job, I was less confident. Mm-hmm. I was less sure in myself. I was more afraid, significantly more afraid, to speak my mind, to be creative, yeah. to try new things, because every time I had tried to at all in this in this capacity, this job, um, I was immediately shut down. I was immediately judged. I was immediately, I I don't know, just like pushed back a little bit you Mm -hmm. know and it even felt like even when I did everything quote-unquote right it wasn't right enough yeah even when I followed all the rules and I did all the things I was supposed to I met the deadline I brought forth the quality I delivered it just wasn't right enough it wasn't good enough and it was Mm -hmm. a super toxic environment because I like to think of myself as like a pretty you know go-getter capable person when I want to be and after I had that job I was scared to try anything yeah and it's, it's unfortunate because I mean, I, I like to think I'm in a better place now, but it's unfortunate because that position was supposed to do the opposite for me. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to have like this really great, like learning experience, mentoring experience, but it, it just wrecked me.
1: totally. Um,
0: and the crazy part is that the outward results of that job were great. The work that I produced was great. Mm-hmm. The things that I and that team did together were great. And it goes back to perfectionism where everything on the outside looks perfect, but the process to get there and the way things were happening on the inside were just awful.
1: Yeah. And you cannot create a positive space where people can feel like they can be their authentic selves if you, like, don't give anyone a break, mm-hmm. you know? And if you don't, you know, again, give yourself a break, yeah. so. Vulnerability begets vulnerability. Totally. And I like to think of all of us as Jenga towers. Actually, this just came to me the other day. It makes so much sense. A revelation. Revelation. So we're all Jenga towers, and you decide whether you're picking other people apart. You know, Mm -hmm. and and which blocks you're pulling at. Mm -hmm. Like, are you pulling out foundational blocks where they're gonna just gonna like tumble over? Or, you know, are you recklessly, like, poking at it, trying to figure out, like, we've all played Jenga before, you know? Yeah. Um. But think of people like that. They're not, like, something just to be picked apart. And after you're picked apart for so long, there are only so many, like, blocks you can pull from before someone falls over, before yeah. someone loses their confidence, yep. before someone believes in, you know, their, their competence in the workplace, or their ability you know
0: yeah and there's a huge difference between
1: encouraging improvement
0: right yeah. and like seeing potential in someone and trying to get them to reach that potential and then just like tearing someone down and this can go back to dating right mm-hmm. where where if, if in dating we take this analogy like you see someone and you immediately go oh this this piece is a little loose get that yeah. out of there this piece is loose blah, blah blah and then the relationship or person just falls apart Totally. Right. Rather than trying to strengthen it. And again, mm-hmm. please Fortify. choose healthy relationships. Don't just go date someone random now because I'm saying this. Like, use good judgment, but also give people some slack. Totally takeaway time oh my gosh our favorite time all right <laughs> let's do it i this might become a musical podcast that that's like so the third funny. time i'm saying sorry everyone i love it all right so we've got three takeaways for you guys today our first one is instead of digging into a wound or a flaw or a weakness that another person might have be the one to try to dress or bandage or take care of it number two Other-oriented perfectionism stems from self-oriented perfectionism. And number three, we all need to do better at adopting an outward mindset instead of a pedestal mindset.
1: There you have it, folks. If you have Mm -hmm. any questions about other-oriented perfectionism please reach out to us. We'd love to answer them. Mm -hmm. Share this episode. Share the podcast. Thanks for listening. Check out the website for my high school haircut. Yes, please. That was a promise. We'll make sure that happens. Yes. (laughs) My name is Anna. My name is Alicia. And And this this is Popping popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism.